Okay, thank you. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, so, how lucky am I that Frank asked me to sh- share this morning? And um, let me fix this so it's not sticking in my face. <clears throat> I was uh, just walking back. And last night, my granddaughter asked me if I believed in God. And it was a really beautiful question, and I was very grateful to say yes to her. She's nine years old. And um, there's a couple of things about that, that, that I have a granddaughter, and part of the reason I have a granddaughter is because I am a person now who can have relationships because when I walked in the doors in uh, 1985, it was in San Diego. I was uh, just out of law school. So I'm going to talk about experience, strength, and hope and what it was like, what, it, what, what happened, and what it's like now because that's really my experience. So I walked in in 1985 And I had graduated from law school, and I couldn't get a job. And I couldn't get a job because I was fat, I was crazy, I couldn't figure out how to buy clothes that would uh, allow me to work in an office, and I was just really a messed up person. And when I walked in the doors... And I remember it was in the um, San Diego, you know, the main hub of OA. Uh, And a friend brought me there, and thank God for her. Her name was Mary. She was my Eskimo. Um, So we walked in, and I sat at the back. And it was um, at the end of the meeting, and people started talking during the meeting. You know, they'd go up at the uh, podium, and... They would started talking about what they had been doing with food, and and I think some of it was about the head too, the head. And I said, "Oh my goodness, you know, this is really great." To myself, I said this. So, at the end of the meeting, the one, there was a woman who came up to me, and she said, "Keep coming back," and that is my slogan. I think a lot of people know me because I say that a lot. No matter what is going on, just keep coming back because it's going to get better. So she said that to me, and I heard it, and it got in. And one of the things I love about this program, especially the literature in our program, the big book and the 12 and 12, is that the creators had this poetic use of language. And there's one piece in there that says that there's a, that the light of reason shines in, right? So that day, somehow, the light of God's reason got through the crack in my armor, and it lit me up. Now, I'd like to tell you, that that day I lost 50 pounds. (laughs) But I didn't, and I wanted to, and I wanted to have the program basically mainlined, 
Don't give me any of the BS. Just give me the good stuff. And, you know, obviously my life is not just the good stuff. It's a lot of the other stuff. But that day was the beginning of the journey that I'm taking on this road to, you know, this. I now have a partner who I've been with for 17 years. I have two granddaughters. I have two daughters through my partner. And me being like a mother to these young women, younger women, has been, <laughs> has been quite, a, um, quite an experience. But anyway, I'm going to go back to what it was like. So, um, you know, the typical overeating got worse, yo-yo diets, starvation diets. I knew how to keep it off. But as soon as that, as soon as the switch went on, I didn't know how to stop. I could not stop. And at a certain point, there was a point in my eating career that there was no stopping. It was simply a matter of trying to keep the calorie intake lower than the calorie output. And by that, I mean exercising. So when I got out of law school, I was crazier than a bed bug is what I say. And my friend took me to the meeting, and I started coming. And I have not stopped for 32 years, 32-plus years. And that's more than half my life. So I'm 62 now, and I, I'm so grateful. And I say to people, I wish I had started earlier. Like, I wish I had started when I was 17, when I first, when I needed it desperately. But, you know, me being a hard-headed know-it-all, and um, it just wasn't, it just wasn't for me yet. Anyway, um, so what it was like was, um, yeah, I was crazier than a bed bug. I didn't believe in anything except me, and I needed to do it by myself, so the self-sufficiency part of me, they talk about it in the big book about self-sufficiency. So, I want to try to put this through as like the 12 steps. So the admission that I made um, back in 1985 was that I was completely powerless over sugar. And sugar was, uh, it's one's too many and a million's not enough. And that's what I first started as um, as my abstinence. And the... 12 and 12, Dr. Um, Dr. Silkworth, in the doctor's opinion, says that what we need is we need entire abstinence. And for me, entire abstinence meant I had to not have sugar. Because if I had it, the and then he talks about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, that if I had that sugar that there would be a day when I would not be able to stop. And that is true for me. And I don't have any questions in my mind about it. So the way that I started was I look at the labels on food, and you will be shocked. You probably aren't, but you, I was shocked to see how much sugar and sugar items were in the food that we were being sold. 
So now what I do is I look at the label, and if, it, if sugar of any kind, honey, sucralose, you know, whatever it is, if it's the fourth item, one, two, three, or four, I do not have it. Because if I take that stuff in, it's going to be bad. So um, the admission of powerlessness, we... We admit we are powerless over food, and I admitted that my life was unmanageable because, again, I had, been, I had graduated from law school. I was sleeping on people's couches, and I couldn't hold down a job. I was basically wandering around, figuring, like trying to figure out how I was going to get more food, and... It was a nightmare. So I admitted that I was powerless over food and that my life was unmanageable. And then started the, the process of came, coming to believe that a power that was greater than me would restore me to sanity. So at the very beginning of program, I didn't have a clue as to what that meant. So I went, I kind of went with the old religion that I had grown up with, which was, I was, a, I was raised as a Roman Catholic. And, you know, as a young kid, I had a very beautiful feeling about God, about this love that, that I was being taught. And then it got spoiled by things that happened in life, You know, like, this is going to sound weird, but it's true. My parents took us to a dentist who did not use Novocaine. And as I was having my teeth worked on, I would be praying. And the, the pain, you know, the pain of that drilling was my proof that God did not exist. That God that I had been being taught about didn't exist because if he existed, he would not be having me feel this. So that kind of experience, like I had the proof of beauty, and then I had these things that happened to me. And this is, by the way, a consistent theme for me because, and it's, it's one that really makes me know that I do have a power greater than myself and that I can trust that power no matter what. So anyway, we have this experience with the dentist. So I'm like, okay, hail Mary, full of grace, the father, you know, it's not stopping God. Okay, well, maybe you want me to be punished. Okay, but, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. Not true. Not true at all. Just happened to be that that guy didn't use Novocaine. <clears throat> so the coming to believe was a, has been a long process for me, and it's a beautiful process because I realized... One more experience of, look, see, this is proof that God does not exist. So my, my second big proof, right, was I decided, see, I decided that there was a woman that was supposed to be my 
partner for life. And we went out for a while, and I was convinced that this was the one. And I asked her to marry me, and she said, no. What do you mean, no? This is supposed to be the way it is. So I went into a terrible depression, and this was when I was 40. I had been in program for quite a while. And I said, okay, that's it. Screw you, God. Right here. I don't like you. You did not give me what I want or what I deserve. So I said, this is it. F this. Bull, you know, bullpucky. I went into a relapse. So relapse is part of my story. Went into a relapse, and I went into self-sufficiency mode again. And that worked. (laughs) That did not work. Because I got fat and crazy again. (laughs) And I was really, really unhappy. And then I got so unhappy that... um, Somebody suggested, why don't you just go back to the meeting and ask for help? So I said, okay, I'll do that. You know, I walked into a meeting, and it happened to be the meeting when Karen and I, it was the meeting on, um, oh, man, Bundy and up there in West, Westwood. So I went there, and I did this, and then I said, I need help. And wouldn't you know it, somebody actually came up to me at the end of the meeting and said, would you like me to sponsor you? It's like, like, no, I don't want you to sponsor me. I do not. But I said, okay. And she took me, God bless her, she took me through the first four steps. And then she said, I can't do this anymore with you. Now, who knows why? I, it was her, I'm sure. It wasn't me. I mean, not that I wasn't a resistant kind of, you know, like bucking bronco, um, because that's basically what I do. I, I don't know if you guys are like this, but somebody suggests something that would be good for me. My immediate reaction is no. <laughs> you know, I thought my father was funny when he would say that. No. And I inherited it from my dad. So anyway, um, I went to the meeting and I started climbing out of that horrible place. And I'm going to tell you about the second um, thing about God. Because I started walking and I started meditating and I started praying during those walks. And one morning, I was praying and walking And the clouds looked like fingers. And I thought, oh my goodness, that is God's hand. And I realized that God's, and this is is a prayer that I made for myself, that God's infinite wisdom is so much greater than my finite imagination. And I'll tell you, that woman that I asked to marry me, Years later, she died from cancer. And I knew that, I knew when I saw God's hand around the earth, around me, 
that she wasn't the right person for me. But then I got another opportunity later on to have that really understood in me that he, my power, the power that I believe in as God, gives me what I need all the time. And believe me, I don't like it. I do not like it sometimes. There are things that I really object to. It's like, what are you talking about? You're giving this to me. This is not what I want. But through program and through all the, you know, like chatting with people and joking with people, and I had a really great conversation with Laura, right? Laura, I, 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 um, I use humor to lighten the load, and um, it, it, God gives me what I need, and I can trust that. Now, let me tell you, if something bad happens, I'm not going to say, oh, thank you. You know, that is not what I do. I, I, like, protest, like, how could you do this to me? But I then go about the business of, okay, so made a decision. How many, um, how, how am I doing? Okay, made a decision, right? So I'm early in program for the first long time in program. I say, what, how do you do that? How in God's name do you do this every day? Made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God. Well, I went to these big book studies, the big book workshops. They blew my mind, totally blew my mind, because what I realized is that the big book and the 12 and 12 are really where it's at. So I started those big book workshops, and I learned that the third step has five parts. For me, for me, it has five parts. I must be entirely convinced that my life run on my will won't be a success. I must quit playing God. Hereafter, in this drama of life, God must be my director. And then I do the um, third step prayer. And then I say, at all times of emotional disturbance or indecision, we can... We can say the serenity prayer. We can turn it over. And that's how I have done the third step for the last 10 years, and it works for me. That, that set of five things has really, like, logically made sense to me. Like, oh, okay, i got to be convinced that if I run it, it ain't going to work. i got to have something else that makes it work. Then i got to ask for the power for it, you know, and it totally works. And then I have to be willing to look at me and all of the stuff that is me, and I have to look at it and say, what is it? This is what I have. And i got to be willing to tell somebody else. And I'll tell you how I got my sponsor, the one that I've had now for probably eight years. And I didn't have one for a really long time. Um, I was in a big book workshop, and I, we were leaving for the evening, and all of a sudden I start walking towards this woman, and something made me say, can I call you in the morning? I'm like, what the hell? And she is one of the people 
that I would not have told you I was going to pick. She's older than me. She's younger in program. Um, she's uh, straight. She's got kids. Well, maybe that is one of the things that's similar. Um, and, like, she's, she's just not one of the people that I would have picked. And there I am, like, picking her. It's like, who just said that? And it was God, like, God was gently pushing me, pushing me, pushing me towards her. And ever since, she gives me suggestions. No, I say. And then, <laughs> then I open the doors, and I peek in, and I, I look, and I say, oh, well, maybe I'll try that. Now, a couple of the suggestions she's given me. Okay, who do you need to make amends to, Olivia? <laughs> Immediate reaction is no one. <laughs> well, turns out I've made amends to my family members, and she gave me a really wonderful way to do this. So she said that one of the ways that I could make amends to my family members was not a, an in-depth, like, I punched you in the head when, you know, you insulted me or I chased you after you, blah, 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 right? She said, Joe, I realize I haven't been the kind of sister that I would like to have been. And if there's anything that I can do to make it up to you, you tell me. And then I have to live and amend to my family members. And I don't do it perfectly, so that really started opening me up to help from my family members, too. So now I'm on this. I, I admitted to her what my defects were. We're entirely ready. Yes, I have been entirely ready. Um, now, let me tell you about being entirely ready. I can be entirely ready, but I may not be willing. Okay? And that comes... <laughs> that comes when the pain is great enough, when it's really uncomfortable, and usually I do things because I'm motivated to do them by pain. Um, so, you know, if you're sitting out there and you're thinking, man, I'd like to uh, feel happier, I'd like to be happier, um, and you're sitting in your pain, because I know we do, because I do it, <clears throat> Just see if the light of reason can shine through that crack in you and let God's love light you up, you know? Just let God's light, love light you up because there is nothing to lose other than your pain and your agony. It's like, why am I living like this? Okay, so let me talk about <clears throat> made a list, right? My brothers and sisters, and I got nine of them. I got eight of them, plus my mom and dad plus all these cousins that I probably was rotten to because didn't they know that, you know, I was special? So I made the list and I made the amends. And now Jessica, her name is Jessica. She's a wonder in my life. She has me doing a daily 10th step. And it's the A-E-I-O-U, abstinence, exercise, what did I do for myself, what did I do for others, 
uh, am I uncomfortable about anything, and why, A-E-I-U-U, and sometimes why is, why is the yippee, what, what fun did I have today? She's got me doing a whole litany of other stuff, but that's the tenth step that I do for her on almost a daily basis. I'm not perfect, like last night I got here, nine o'clock I get in bed and lights were out. Um, so the eleventh step is sought through prayer and meditation to improve the, our conscious contact with God, and that is what I do through my prayers in the morning, through the meditation that I do, through the exercise, and I do I walk as my form of of exercise. And having had a spiritual awakening through the uh, through the as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I, I sponsor and I have um, and I have a sponsor and I think my sponsees have sponsees as well. And that is the way that I practice the 12th step. And I also, you know, when, when called, I I, I say yes if I'm asked to speak. Um, I uh, do service at the meeting that I go to on Saturdays. Um, you know, I try to have my sponsors, sponsees go through the 12 steps. We're, we're, um, I want to get that green. I, I understand there's a green book now. Um, for working through the 12 steps, and I think I'm going to start implementing that for them. Um, and uh, Oh, okay, good. So I can keep blabbing. Um, so experience, strength, and hope, and what it was like. I wanted to talk about... Um, I've talked about God, I've talked about the spiritual awakening, I've talked about the, the 12 steps, and what it's like now. So what it's like now is, <clears throat> I have a really wonderful life. I, um, I have a partner, I have two children because of her, and I have two granddaughters because of her, and... Um, we have a beautiful home. We, um, we, we did a, this is program here. We did a remodel and, um, anybody who's been through a remodel knows that that is, uh, probably, it is really horrible. No matter what you think going into it, when I was in it, it was not a pleasant experience. And one morning, thank God, Jessica was there because I said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving her. I, you know, she said, well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, Olivia, because I was ready to split. Like, I need to get out of here because this remodel is killing me. And, you know, that's what it's like now. I was there. I was in a lot of anxiety and pain and, you know, all sorts of stuff, and we got through the remodel, and thank God for Jessica, I'm still married. Um, but that's what it's like now. I have a job or a profession. 
I don't know which one I'd call it. And I'm self-employed, so I, I like to say that I'm a volunteer. As a self-employed person, I'm a volunteer. And, you know, I joke about it, but I say, as a volunteer in my own business, I don't think I should be miserable. And I'm not miserable, but I also know that as I approach 65, many of us might be approaching that age when we're going to retire. And as I get closer and closer to what I've declared as my retirement age, which is I've de- t- declared it as 12, 31, 20. I'm going to be done with this profession of mine. And I have been thinking about what would I like to do. And I have these things that I would really like to do. Like somebody mentioned a law program. Um, and I would like to do some volunteer work. I really want to get out more into our community. Maybe, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that whatever it is that God has for me, that it's going to be really a lot of fun, because I like having fun. And I like people a lot. And when I got into this program, I didn't realize that. I thought that I really didn't like people very much. And I was just realizing, I go to a different program. And in that other program, I saw a woman who I had known when I had known the woman who I asked to marry me. Her name was Rocky. So I knew this woman, Lisa, because she knew Rocky. And what I realized about Lisa was, and this is part of me and what I have to look at now, because this is still part of me, that I was jealous of Lisa and her relationship with Rocky. And it kept me separated from Lisa. And it kept me separated from Rocky and her friends. So what I, am, what I've, what I realized about This is about a week ago, because I've seen her twice at this meeting. I have to start looking at what is it about me that is that jealousy? Because I think I want to work on that part of me, because that's the part that I don't want to look at. I don't want to look at this. And it's part of... It's part of what has kept me separate from others. And uh, it's not pretty, you know. We have things that aren't pretty in us, but we, we, you know, I know that there are people in this room that absolutely love me. You know, they, they think, that's okay, Olivia, you're working on yourself. But I look at it and I say, you know, that's a really ugly part of me. And I don't want anybody else to see it. But here's the other thing that I know about this program. A couple of things that I learned. Okay, when I was really young in program, I heard somebody say, whatever you share at the meeting, it's nobody else's business, right? Nobody else's business. It's just yours. So I said, okay. And that was my permission. And believe me, I've given myself permission to dump 
whatever I want into the middle of the table, and no one is, no one has to pick it up. It's just me. I got to get it out of me because I am as sick as my secrets. And that jealousy thing is one of the, uh, it's one of the, the spiritual maladies that I have. And I, I want to, like, I want to open the coat and I want to let everybody see it because I know everyone has this. Everyone has it. But I want to let the light of reason shine in on that stuff. And I kind of think of it as, um, I don't know if anybody ever saw that movie called The Golden Child with, um, oh, what's his name? It's really a funny movie. Eddie Murphy. So the golden child has this monster that's um, sitting outside the cage where the golden child is, right? And the devil tells the monster, don't go near him. Do not get anywhere close to him. But the monster is drawn by the little golden child's beauty and love. And he gets close enough, and then the golden child touches him with a finger. And he lights, he's lit up. That's the way that I think of God. It's like he touches me, and I get, I get this really beautiful feeling inside. And that's what I feel now. I feel that because we in this room want to have that beauty in our lives. And by the way, have I talked about food at all? Not really. So what cuts me off from that touch is if I stick massive amount of food in between me and the touch. So I think of the food as a barrier. And I am not perfect about this because Jessica and I have been working on portion sizes. And I'm 62. And you can see I'm getting anxious about this because I don't like eating less food (laughs) at all. I feel like I deserve the portions I used to have. And I don't want to use a bowl, a normal bowl, a small bowl, (laughs) one of those bowls. I want to use the bowl. Okay, the bowl. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's the bowl. And I will tell you something right now. The bowl. The bowl. It's like the bowl. It's horrible. And all I know is keep coming back. And then I got to remember that if I have the bowl, that it's going to get between me and that golden child touch. So, here I am standing up here in front of you, and if I hadn't had this program, if I hadn't walked into that room willing and desperate and willing to just, you know, shut my head and shut my mouth and, and open my ears because I was, pr- I was just a 
rotten little thing back then, you know, who had a lot, I was the diamond in the rough, I guess, is what they call that. I was beaten into submission, and I'm glad for that, because usually that's what I need. You know, I'm really glad to be here. I'm really blessed. Um, I went and spoke at a meeting, and Frank said, called me later and asked me to speak, and I said, okay, you know, I'm asked, I go. Um, and that's kind of what, what I wanted to say. I, I'm really glad for people being here. Um, I'm really glad to be here. It means that my life will will get better. And, you know, the things that I've shared about the jealousy and the bowl, those are two things that I'm working on with my higher power, with my sponsor, with all the work that I'm doing with my, with my fellows. Um, and those are two things that I would, that I'm, you know, holding up to God so that God can touch me and I will, you know, eventually loosen my own grip and let God do his work for me. And by the way, when I say he or she with God, whatever your God is, Man, it's just the best. It's the best thing. So thank you for letting me be of service. So let's all thank Olivia again. Um, I want to remind everyone that the audio recordings from all of our sessions, um, all of the workshops, everything that's happened um, in meetings except the marathon meetings is available um, from the audiovisual vendor in the foyer. Um, thank you all for coming to breakfast this morning. We look forward to seeing you at the closing ceremony at 10 o'clock. I want to add that I checked with the hotel Check out, if you're staying here, is at noon. There are a limited number, first come, first serve, of late checkout. So you may want to go and check out now. And you can, we, the room is big. It's in the, the um, thank you, Catalina Ballroom. So it's a lot, there's a lot of room in there. You can bring your bags if you need to. And um, fundraising. There was a fundraising announcement. There was... The iPad and the 50-50 drawing will be held at the closing ceremony. Oh, and it's about picking up the items. There were, we did the main drawing last night. There were probably half of the items that were not picked up. If you, um, you should have gotten a phone call if you won. And all of those prizes are down in the, the room downstairs, the Huntington Beach room. If you got that call, that's where you can pick them up. Yes? Good? All right. Um, no, Joyce. Probably, I would imagine. I would imagine that the prizes will be brought up for the closing ceremony. Here comes Margie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Marjorie, compulsive reader. Just one addition on the AV. The cheapest way to get these audios is today. If you decide Tuesday, oh, I want to get this, it'll be more expensive.
I warn you, the best deal will be to buy your AV this week. Any of the video, any of the audio that David's recorded to get it today. Because if you decide next week or whatever you want to buy it, it will be more expensive. Just letting you know that. Okay. Thanks, Margie. Cindy, will you come up and please lead us in the seven-step prayer? Hi, I'm Cindy, compulsory eater. And please join me in the seventh step prayer. My, wait, 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 Now I'm Cindy and I'm a compulsory eater and please join me in the seven step prayer. My creator, I am now ready that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Keep coming back, it works. Okay, we'll see you at 10 o'clock at the closing ceremony. Thanks, Cindy.